welcome to Deserted with Lindy and Grace. On this podcast, we ask our guests what dishes they would take to our deserted island and the stories behind them. We all have dishes that transport us back to a moment in our lives. Food can leave a lasting impact and we want to know what those dishes are to you. Our mission is to shine a positive light on food and show how the power of a dish can shape a person. So join us whilst we dive in deep to our guests' experiences and find out what they'll be eating on our deserted island. I actually didn't end up eating out. Everyone else ordered food. Uh, like we were mostly drinking. It was like a, wasn't a sit down dinner event, but they did like get food at one of the pubs. And like, I didn't just, I ate before I went and then just didn't have any food while we were out just because it was, a pub it was really busy and I just didn't feel like I don't want to risk it just for myself you know yeah um so, so comfortable not ordering yeah I felt really I, I felt actually completely comfortable okay. not ordering yeah it was good but it's funny like just meeting everyone in person and like I mean it was the same when you and me like we never met in person we you know started recording and met online and then we met in person kind of way after yeah. it's the same with you know co-workers the four people that I like have now met online many many times work with on a daily basis but don't actually know like how tall they are yeah (laughs) you just don't know until you see people in person and it's nice to like feel like we're getting back to that I went out yesterday and I had Chipotle and Shake Shack because I know Mm -hmm. those places are safe for me and they were just incredible and I'm just like so happy and it was just very weird like seeing London like fully vibing Mm -hmm. like fully out there the streets are packed with tables to sit outside and it was just like the music was on Covent Garden people were dancing and singing it was just so lovely it's just a really lovely area to go out in um yeah I was like it was just lovely I had a really good time If, if, Uh, if you're listening and haven't been to London or Covent Garden or Soho it's really special and should be on your list of places to go at some point. Well, we're going to change gears and talk about somebody that's not in the UK. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who's Michelle, um, who is the eczema expert mm-hmm. online. And yeah, I mean, Grace, why don't you take it away? Because you, you knew her before we started recording. Yeah, so I guess when the pandemic hit and we all went into lockdown, I, well, long story short, found out that I I've always dealt with really severe eczema chronic eczema and sort of went into lockdown and the place that I went to I didn't bring one of my creams with me just because I didn't think about it ended up going through incredibly bad topical steroid withdrawal which um sent my eczema into like a worse state than it's ever been so I started to do research online and came across uh coach Michelle who sort of runs a empowered eczema program to sort of help you dive into like the root cause behind your eczema. So a holistic healing of um, your skin rather than sort of the band-aid approach of just putting creams on it, which works for some people completely. And if that's the route that you wanna go down, amazing. Um, Just, you know, as with everything now, there's lots of different ways to approach like your health. And so I just went down this journey and did Michelle's um, Empowered Eczema program, which I believe was 10 weeks. And you sort of dive into, you know, what's causing it, you know, you can make some adjustments to your diet, but at the same time, not everyone's eczema 
actually is affected by their diet and there's like more deep underlying causes for me it's stress and how I manage stress and so actually I can pretty much eat you know minus the, the allergies pretty much eat whatever but um yeah it's an, it was an incredible program I learned so much about myself and just learning about you know what irritates your skin and just like environmental factors like I think going into this you always think like oh stress like you're such a stressed you know, stress is what impacts my skin, but actually stress doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's literally just activity and excitement. I also thought it would be great to have Michelle on the, on the podcast. And we had such an interesting, um, interesting discussion. It's definitely eczema focused, but also, um, you know, diving into Michelle and her background through her dishes is always, always fun. Yeah. She definitely like, you know, she's really obsessed with eczema you know like as in not like a bad obsessed but like obsessed as in like she wants yeah. to learn so much about it she wants to share what she's learned with people she really wants to help people who have eczema so you can see her passion like when she talks about eczema and her journey the one thing is like with this episode we want to make clear that this is not an advice episode for you like this is just talking about michelle's story talking about how she has experienced eczema with her clients and her and if you do want to like get in touch with her and talk about your own personal story with eczema or journey like get in touch with her but also like make sure that you seek medical advice and like you know we're not professionals it like me and grace are not professionals in this area and michelle is a professional but also this podcast isn't a professional advice podcast mm -hmm. definitely do your own research do your own food diaries do your own your body is your research right mm -hmm. so like do your own work too Lindy and I both have you know have dealt with eczema and it in entirely different forms so that's just sort of um shows you how individual everyone's skin is and how individual yeah. your approach has to be so let's dive into the episode yeah enjoy it guys it's a, it's a good one and yeah. we talk a lot about nutrition and we also talk about Michelle's story so um you're gonna really enjoy it and we will see you in the next episode see you in the next episode bye lindy and i are so excited today to welcome michelle hi guys super i think for me this is a really special one to have michelle um on the podcast um because well she'll tell you a little bit about herself but i've worked closely with michelle over the uh i guess it's a year now um, just on my own um, eczema. Um, uh, Michelle is a eczema healing coach and um, has really helped me come a long way with healing my own eczema and kind of becoming in tune with my body. Yeah, so why don't we ask like Michelle, like tell us a little bit about who you are, if people don't know you, um, what you do, and yeah, like a little bit about your journey and sure. then we'll go into the food. <laughs> Okay, well, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast. I think this podcast is really fun and really awesome. And if anybody knows me that's listening to this, like you already got, you guys already know, like I'm a huge foodie. And so this fits right in. Um, I think I'm most known for being on YouTube, talking about my eczema journey and how to heal eczema naturally. So I'm on my third year, uh, third, fourth year of talking about 
how to heal eczema naturally online. So I'm on Instagram and YouTube. And for me, it's super personal because I dealt with eczema my entire life and it's haunted me off and on. Most people with eczema experience something like that. And then when I hit uh, 2017, it started taking over my arms and it was absolutely terrifying. And my like my trade, my day job is actually a designer. It's like a graphic designer, user experience designer. And I was going to school for that. And I also had this major passion for nutrition. And I was like, I have no idea how these two will ever cross paths. I'm so lost. And, you know, this one day I was just, I was so stubborn when it came to my eczema and I just wanted to heal naturally. And I knew how healing food was and supplements. And I started down this journey and I was able to actually heal my severe eczema in like three months and it came back and all of that. But it it was like that initial severe eczema disappeared within three months because of food and because of supplements. And I actually took to YouTube and I started talking about it. And it was the craziest thing because all of a sudden everything clicked together and I was like, oh, so this is what I'm doing with my life. (laughs) Okay. And it just exploded from there where, where people were contacting me and they wanted to know how I did it. And I started coaching people and, you know, now I own my own business as an eczema coach and I offer a course to people to help them heal too. And it was like all the graphic design stuff helped me do my website and all the nutrition stuff obviously came in. And um, so that is me. And that is how my calling as an eczema coach came to be. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we don't really talk about it on this podcast really, but like both me and Grace have eczema. I had severe eczema when I was a child. I healed it for me through gut health. And I still, it comes back when I don't take care of my nutrition. And I like that, I'm really excited to like have you talk about your healing journey and like the how the food has helped you. Um, yeah, that's really, it's just really important as well. Um, and a lot of people who have allergies also did have eczema when they were kids or now as adults. Um, so it's such a fascinating um, story, especially when we have allergies. Um, it's really important. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah, of course. It's nice to know that uh, you also dealt with eczema and we're all just like sitting in the same boat dealing with the same thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's interesting how you said kind of haunted off and on because I think Lindy and I were talking the other day, um, you know, just, I mean, talking about you coming on the podcast and saying how, you know, even Lindy who has, you know, been able to heal her eczema at some points it can come back and I think it's something that we constantly struggle with and you know after talking with more people recently it's sort of people sometimes view eczema as like a kid's disease like something that little kids deal with but actually like as an adult and we all three of us can sort of attest to it is that it really does come in um in and out of your life and even though it feels like the most inopportune moment that it comes back sometimes it always like, I don't know, it, this is very cliche, but it teaches you something every time, like what's going on? Why is it flaring right now? And then, you know, Lindy, how many times had to, did you have a flare until you realized it was your gut health? Or for me, how many times did I realize, have a flare and realize, you know, I'm not handling my stress at all. Um, so, and also I think what is, what you just touched on and we're going to get into the food in a minute, but <laughs> what you just touched on is that 
everyone has a different trigger. And so like we, like, you know, Michelle, you're gonna talk about how food healed your journey and all of that, but I'm sure like with coaching, you've realized actually not everyone is triggered by food. There's a lot of people that are, but not everybody is. And a lot of people are triggered by something else, whether environmental, whether stress, whether lifestyle decisions, everything. And it is really important with eczema to understand your trigger. And that's why like probably the grace you did to find a coach because sometimes you don't know what your trigger is and it's really hard to pinpoint it. And somebody can look on the outside and see, oh, I, this is where you're, um, this is where you're constantly having flare ups. It's probably due to this, where sometimes it's really hard when you're inside of it to think on the outside. And so like, yeah, I'm just, it's incredible that you're doing that and helping like helping people with a condition that you healed yourself on as well. And yeah, cool. Let's, uh, a perfect transition to dish number one that you'll take um, to the island. Yeah. So for me, I was thinking that salmon sushi would actually be something that I wanted to take to the island. And it's funny because salmon sushi is just like the golden child in my eyes. It was like the one food I could still hold on to through all of the elimination diets and everything I've been through for years. It was like, I was allergic to carrots at one point, like everything my, my poor liver was so broken down that like carrots and broccoli and spinach and all the like quote unquote health foods were a no-go for me completely. And so for me, I remember just like years ago when I was in the midst of like super severe eczema and like a, a simple drop of like a chai latte would send me through the roof with a flare up. I could still go to a sushi restaurant and like sit down with my friends and have just like a salmon maki roll. And it's so simple and it's so like, you know, mundane, but it was, it was like a saving grace for me, honestly. Yeah. And that's really amazing that you, it's really special that you're kind of able to hold on to like a comfort food and like find comfort and also sort of um, a little sense of like normalcy, um, while dealing with the severe eczema, eczema flares and still be able to like go out with your friends and stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of people with eczema lose that ability or they like, there's a lot of, I actually just recorded a YouTube video right before this, where I was like talking about food and, you know, going on an elimination diet and how, like, I get so many comments and so many like DMS of people being like, I can't eat anything. Like, I'm so frustrated. My social life is out the window. Like, this is the most frustrating experience ever. And like, um, you know, you were so right in saying that like eczema is so individualistic where everybody has their own set of like pseudo allergies, which are, you know, they're just like these little allergies that'll come and go. But um, this set of allergies where maybe they can't even have salmon. I've, I've met people who have pseudo allergies to salmon. And it's like finding that, like those foods and being experimental and just like looking at the whole journey with almost like these rose colored glasses using that little terminology of like seeing the world in a positive light where you have all these limitations but like make it fun I was always a super stubborn person where I was like yeah I may have all these issues but I'm gonna eat my desserts like I'm gonna figure out a way to like I love desserts and for me like I found out I could eat frozen papaya. And so I used to make that all the time for desserts. And so 
yeah, for, for me, it was like being able to go out and have my salmon sushi. That was like my thing. So what was the trigger for why you decided to go to food for your eczema? Like, was there something or was it just that you were focused on nutrition and focused on your own personal nutrition and then it started to heal your eczema? Like, what was Mm. the starting catalyst for that? Yeah, that's super fun. Um, (laughs) In uh, 2017, I had just started grad school. I was dealing with weird boy drama. Everything was like crashing down around me. I moved to this new city, which me and Grace talk about like our theory about moving to new places and triggering eczema and all this stuff. And I started eating comfort food, which for me was Ben and Jerry's ice cream full of high fructose corn syrup. And I was eating bagels and cream cheese. And my eczema came quickly because in retrospect, I now know completely it was probably candida. It was very much related to stress. And it was like on top of all of that, eating these crappy foods. And it, I mean, it started in, I would say September and by December it was all over my arms. And so it was just like this really, really fast flare up. And I could literally watch myself have reactions related to food. And so for me, it was so easy to know, like, yeah, I'm going to have to stop eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream. (laughs) And it was too, that I had such an obsession with nutrition that for me, I just, there was something in me that knew I couldn't go to the doctor. And I guess it was like doing little bits of research and like watching other YouTubers out there talk about their experience and how like, you know, I used steroids when I was in middle school and it didn't really do anything. Like I still had eczema, you know, years and years and years later. So I was like, there has to be something. And so like, you know, that was that first thing where I was like, oh, I can use this nutrition that I'm obsessed with and figure out how to heal. And it was such a no brainer for me. So there's just like that quick connection at that time for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really interesting too. And it's nice now to see, like, obviously I follow you on Instagram and you're able to sort of reintroduce a lot of um, the foods that you weren't able to eat, or you've like recreated your own, which is just, you know, shows your love for food even more and did you cut out your food like all at once or is it like a slow gradual um change I'm laughing because I tried so hard for it to be a gradual thing I wanted so badly to just cut out gluten cut out dairy but my liver was in such rough shape it was like oh no 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 you have about seven things that you can eat without flaring and that's all you get Otherwise my liver would just like cause major flares and it would be totally inflamed. I mean, I've, I have these very vivid memories of where I tried to like, I was always rebellious during this entire journey. Like I get on my clients now for it, but like, I was so bad when I had my own journey, I would eat like, you know, the salmon and the cabbage, the leeks. And I ate all these great things, but I would have that day where I was like, Ooh, but that brownie looks really good. And I would eat it and immediately I would have just like complete meltdowns. I mean, eczema can be so debilitating when it's severe. I mean, I know, geez, I know you know how that feels. And it's like, you get hot and flustered. And like, I mean, I would cry 
it was just like, it would break me down. It would just hurt so bad. And it was like the worst nerve pain I've ever experienced in my life. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I definitely can echo, echo that. Like I'm really like during the coaching program with you, I was really, really good. And then I would just be bad and my skin would just go from zero to a hundred in such pain. And then, and then it creates a cycle of sort of beating yourself up that you kind of, you know, you know what you did to yourself. And so just trying to get back into that habit of being positive and saying, you know what, actually like I did, I did have a setback, but actually, you know, this is just part of the journey and and learning and um, able to sort of, you're learning even more about the foods that trigger you the most and not. And so it's really important. You know, it's funny now that I'm three, four years healed and I can introduce those fun foods again, quote unquote, I I laugh now when I have flares because they're comical because I always know what they're from. But the only reason they're comical is because the patches that I get now are fingernail size. But back in the day when my eczema was severe, it was as if like, it was as if I touched an electric fence when I made a mistake, it would be like, I, I would make the mistake and I would completely jump backwards and be like, never mind, never mind. Like, I will, like, I'm absolutely not going to try that again. Like, it would be an immediate, like, oh no, I'm going straight back to that elimination diet. Like, there's no messing around. Like, it was as if I was a cow in a pasture and I like touched the electric fence and I was like, no, never mind, never mind. I'll go back to like my pasture. <laughs> and how did that affect you mentally as well? I honestly was so bizarrely strong through most of it. I, you know, because I am a coach, I've, I've coached so many people and I know the mental, oh, just like how, how much it affects people mentally. And like, I always have been a really positive person. And so for me, with the whole social aspect where a lot of people were very self-conscious, I kind of was very bold about it. And when people would see it, I'd be like, oh, this is eczema and I'm healing it naturally. Like, watch this, like I'll drink this cup of green tea and it'll look better in like three hours. And it was always like a leadership role for me with eczema, like even in person. But I will say there was this like mental fear of food that I think so many people with eczema develop. It's like this, you know, like you can't stick your hand on a hot, on a, on a, like a hot stove so many times before you're like, I'm never touching that again, you know? And it was almost like that with food. And I think because I am a foodie, I always kind of was like, okay, well, if I can't eat those cookies, I'm going to invent this random recipe. You guys have no idea how many chocolate chip cookie recipes I've created in this journey. I mean, like at least 20 and I'm still not, still haven't created like the one yet, but I don't know. I, I was very fortunate that like, I, I was strong minded where I was like, no, 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 I'm going to beat this. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep trying. And like, I think for me, the reason why I love the diet that I created is because I was stubborn enough to say like, no, this current diet that I'm on is taking too long. And I was stubborn enough to be like, let's do research for like 20 hours every single day to try to figure out what foods would actually heal my skin faster. And I ended up developing a diet called the gut healing eczema protocol. And it was like that, that diet, like honestly healed my skin so fast. 
and Grace is over here smiling and I know like <laughs> she's been on the diet quite a few times and um, it, it is just such an interesting thing though how like how much people can develop such a fear of food almost into like, you know, an eating disorder. And that's truly a problem for people with eczema. And like, I am lucky enough that I had that strong will to get through all of that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I'd I'd love to touch on that more, but I think we should move on to your second dish. Um, What is that? Okay. So this is chicken and waffles. And I don't know if in the UK, this is a thing. I live in the South part of the United States. It's called like the South and it's the Southeast. And we have a very interesting set of cuisine here and chicken and waffles is one of those like Southern delicacies. And this is absolutely not eczema friendly guys. Like not at all. Right. I can't even, I can't even try to make this eczema friendly if I wanted to, but there's just something about the way that the chicken with the sweet waffles tastes that I I can't get over it. <laughs> I've I've made a healthy-ish version before. Have not you? Not super healthy, but like chicken that's not really fr- like air fried chicken and then waffles which you could make a healthy waffle mix, right? Like protein powder and Um, water and banana or something but I did use them we have a brand here called creative nature and it's um really amazing and they just came out with like a well not just came out a couple months ago with the pancake and waffle mix and um I use that so there is that sounds good there's a caveat sorry to interrupt (laughs) no you're good (laughs) yeah I've never had chicken and waffles but um yeah it's always been something on my list to have, but I, yeah, I think you would that. really like it. I think it's, so too. <laughs> I, I think for me, everyone has their own set of like, oh, I'm such a sweet person or I love like pretzels and salty thing and chips. I am 112% like a salty and sweet person, mm-hmm. like chocolate covered chips, chocolate covered pretzels, like right. Anything that's like salty and sweet. I'm all over it. And that's exactly what chicken and waffles is. And I actually wanted to, if there's any American listeners here, um, I actually went vegan for like three months back in the day. And it was funny because I was traveling the United States for fun. I just wanted to see what cities were out there. The United States is massive. And this one time I ended up with a 12 hour layover in Denver, Colorado. And I just like left the airport, went to their downtown. And I was like, okay, what vegan treats can I find here? And I ended up stumbling upon this place called City O City. And it's kind of in their downtown. And they actually created a vegan chicken and waffles where the chicken was made it was either cauliflower or mushroom, because that's kind of the standard with like vegan chicken. But I swear it tasted just like chicken. Like the texture of the fried chicken was there to a point where you're like eating it and you're like, am I eating chicken? <laughs> yeah, my friend, my friend is vegan and he said that there is somewhere like that in London that like genuinely he eats it and he's like, because he's had chicken before and he's like, this is chicken and I'm like it could be like they could play a trick on you <laughs> like it could, it could be but yeah like it people are making great strides in vegan replacement like meat replacements and it does genuinely look like things like when I see like vegan bacon I'm like 
that kind of looks like bacon it's a bit scary <laughs> yeah there's more and more coming out now and I think it's it's awesome that you went on that adventure especially like while sort of like dealing with um not food restrictions but like with your skin and stuff as well and just having a little bit of food freedom to try um chicken and waffles which is definitely not in the gut healing eczema protocol it's not at all <laughs> there's this um oh go ahead no it's fine you go <laughs> um <laughs> there's this place in LA it's like a I can't remember the name of it for the life of me but it's kind of like a Vietnamese restaurant but it's vegan and it's sort of near downtown LA and I mean, they have shrimp dumplings, they have pho, they have like all of these dishes that you would never think would be vegan. And they're absolutely one of those places where you're like sitting here eating it and you're like, are we sure this is vegan? <laughs> and do you find, sorry, go ahead. Do you find comfort in foods that you eat now, especially because you're adding things back in? Like, do you find that comfort like you can eat chicken and waffles maybe one time knowing that maybe it will flare you but be deciding having that choice to decide hey I'm gonna want I just want that mentally or do you just still don't eat it because you know it will flare so this is actually a good lesson if any of your viewers have eczema but it's absolutely dependent on your life at that moment so I've had the craziest two weeks of my life and now would not be the time to go eat chicken and waffles. I've been stressed out. I've been doing interview after interview. I got in a car accident. I mean, it's been an insane two weeks, right? Now would not be the right time because there's like a balance in your body of how much it can deal with. You know, when you're healthy and happy and you're resting really well, absolutely. Like I will definitely go get chicken and waffles you know, once in a blue moon and like my body can detox it just fine. And it's like not an issue whatsoever. But during times of stress, I try not to overload my body. Like I've been posting on Instagram, like me eating the gut healing super soup, which is like this recipe that I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But that is like my go-to food when I feel like my body just needs extra help. And even now to this day, I'll go back and eat those foods that helped me heal originally because they're not just good for eczema. They're just good of like repairing your body and dealing with stress and detoxing your liver and all of those things. Yeah. I think, um, there was one thing that you told me in like my like coaching or your, when I, when you were coaching me, um, is that the, if the stress of whether or not you can eat it or not is greater than this, like stress in your feeling at the moment, then just like, then just eat it because it's doing more harm than good. And I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see with your other clients and with a lot of your clients that do have eczema and do feel like really strict around foods, like how much stress comes from, oh, I can't eat this right now. And how much stress is from the eczema? What do you sort of tell people? Or I guess it doesn't even have to be with eczema too, but just like in, in general, I think all of us have maybe seen that or experienced that with some, either ourselves or friends. It definitely wasn't just you. I mean, I have dealt with at least 10 clients who, I mean, like not even 10 clients. I mean, almost all of the people that I've worked with are scared of food. 
And it's such a terrible thing to go through. And I do have to remind almost everybody I've ever worked with, like, hey, especially if you have topical steroid withdrawal, which is a whole other issue. I don't know if you guys want to get into that, but um, that's something that people deal with with eczema and they become very sensitive to stress. And so there's some people where stress is just like not a factor and they came from a diet that was kind of junky and all they had to do was like, replace the junk food with good food and it's all good. Right. But there's people who are very sensitive to stress. And like, that is the majority of people. I, I could pretty much say almost without a doubt that 90% of flare-ups have something to do with stress. And it goes so deep into how you deal with your emotions and how you're, how you are mentally and how you deal with your day to day and how you were raised. And it's like this whole crazy thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there just really is this huge fear of food, but Grace is so right in saying that like, if the stress you're going to experience is way like greater than just eating a food, just eat the food. Like if you're in a social situation, right. And you have absolutely no options, but to eat something that is not eczema friendly, eat the food because you're just going to stress yourself out and cause a flare. If you're just worried the whole time, like, Oh my God, if I eat that, I think I'm going to flare. Well, it's likely you're going to flare if you have that mentality when you're eating that food. So I think that's actually a huge thing to talk about too, is like, how you feel when you're eating and like approaching food from a healthy mindset and like a positive perspective, like eating with joy or eating with intention. Yeah. And I think it's also really important as well to understand that, like I said, like everyone's individual. So like even you, Grace, like it's not just that you have eczema and you've, you're on a, you've been on a restrictive diet to heal your eczema. You also are restricted in your food allergies as well. So the stress that you have that triggers your eczema and then the stress that you have of having allergies and then the stress that you're having on top of it to have a restricted diet is a lot of things that you're having to mentally manage daily. And so like, I'm really happy that you did say that Michelle of like, eat the food if it's too much, if like, if it's not worth it, because we, we have to deal with anyway, the fear of our allergies and all of that and the stress of it when we go out to eat with people. And so to add on top of that, isn't going to be great for your skin, isn't going to be great for your mental health. So I think like that is super important. Um, And it's also really good as well, like I said, like having a coach to be on the outside looking in going, it's okay to have this. It's okay, like do it, eat this food because it's more important that you're mentally safe than anything else. And I think like, that's just so important. So like, yeah, really that's, yeah, I love that. <laughs> love that. Yeah. Um, why don't we move on to dish number three? Okay. Dish number three, I kind of had a lead up to, and it's the gut healing super soup. This is probably my favorite recipe I've ever eaten, but my favorite recipe I've ever created. So back in the day when I had such a limited diet and there was really just like eight, eight, nine, ten 10 foods that I could eat, I had to start getting creative because I get bored. I get bored of eating the same food every day and I have to just like be creative and like make these crazy recipes. And so this one day I was like, 
all right, let's just start throwing some stuff in a pot. <laughs> the base of the soup is bone broth, which is very, very healing for pretty much anybody that is dealing with any sort of health issues. Um, bone broth is basically made for made by uh, boiling down bones in water, add a little bit of apple cider vinegar, and you boil it for like 12 hours. And it pulls out all the nutrients from the bones. You have collagen and all this really great stuff. <clears throat> the soup also has beets, cabbage, leeks, and that's kind of like where it starts. And depending on what you can eat, you can add more or less to it. And so like for me, I don't know what was up with the soup, but I would eat the soup. This is when I had severe eczema and my skin would just look dramatically better within the next like day. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And so I just kept eating the soup and it was just like, it was so healing and it made me feel so good. And like, even last week, because I was dealing with all of this stress, like talking about comfort food, this is like my ultimate comfort food. This is the food that I'm like most at ease eating. It makes me feel the best. And, you know, a lot of people with eczema actually deal with multiple issues at the same time. And so I almost call it like your profile of diseases and disorders where for me, I off and on deal with issues with my thyroid. And so without carbs, I honestly think I may have caused this by going on some of the elimination diets that I had to, to get rid of my eczema. I had to go on a candida diet. Um, candida is basically a yeast overgrowth in your gut. And it's really common after you take antibiotics. And I was somebody who took rounds and rounds of antibiotics in college. And afterwards, I think my gut was just a mess. And so I had to get on the candida diet, which you basically don't eat carbs, like no rice, no like sweet potatoes. And your thyroid actually needs carbs to function properly. And for me in the last year or so, I've been dealing with my thyroid, not liking me very much. <laughs> and so for me, this is how I modify the gut healing super soup for me right now. I need carbs. So for me, I've been eating rice. So I would add rice noodles into the soup, or I would add like even sweet potatoes into the soup. And it's just a nice base. And I can always adjust it depending on what my body needs. Cabbage is actually one of those things that makes my thyroid not feel so great. So for me, I've been subbing out the cabbage for like a different vegetable, like broccoli or whatever. And for me, I've actually been able to add eggs and dairy back into my diet, which has been, I mean, just wonderful. I've been somebody who's always really loved cheese and I eat uh, goat cheese and stuff. And so for me, my favorite modification of this soup is to crack an egg into it while it's still cooking, mix it around, and then actually add a little bit of um, like a goat cheddar cheese to the soup. And it is, it is so good. It is so like, it's a delicacy. <laughs> um, I think you touch on a lot of like really interesting subjects there and I think something you're obviously super in tune with your body and sort of what it needs after going through this journey for many many years what do you I mean what do you tell people at the beginning like because clearly you had to balance thyroid candida eczema gut healing that's a lot um and you obviously you know you can't tell people really to not everyone knows as much as you do um, so I guess 
when someone starts out, how do you help people um, uncover sort of what to prioritize? I think that very easiest thing for you to do. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you have any sort of health issue, it's all the same process of trying to heal. So I would keep a journal of your symptoms. So when you experience for us with eczema, it's a flare. Um, Even if you have something like arthritis, it would still be called a flare. Whatever you're dealing with, keep track of when you have a flare up or whatever, and also keep track of what you ate that day, especially if your condition is severe. I mean, this should be the number one thing you do. Keep track of what your stress levels look like. And it's funny because I don't think people always know that they're stressed out, which is something that I caught Grayson quite a bit when we were working together. And not just write down when you think you are stressed, but write down if your life has become busy because that's actually a form of physical stress. And from there, I would get yourself on an elimination diet. It doesn't have to be the one that I've created. Just any elimination diet where you're down to a set of, I mean, honestly, just pick 10 foods and see how you feel. Get yourself to a place where you're not having inflammation from food, where if you have eczema, you're not itching during the day. When you itch during the day, that's like the number one sign that something in your diet is going off, something's wrong. And so if you itch at night, that's actually completely normal. Everybody with eczema pretty much experiences night itching. That's like a whole other issue that's completely unrelated to food. And so when you finally start to feel better, and I actually know that this works for other problems because my mom has a completely different set of health issues. She deals with more of like joint pain and more of like the arthritis. And so she has her own set of inflammation. And so just getting yourself down to any sort of inflammation diet, uh, oh my goodness, elimination diet, (laughs) and then do that for about a month and start adding food slowly back in from there and keep track, keep that journal up, keep keeping track. I always tell people, if you want to start adding food back in, try a little bit of one food at lunch. You can't get on an elimination diet. And then the next day, like just eat fast food all day. You have no idea what you're reacting to. And it's almost like a science experiment where you're keeping something controlled. You have the same diet, you're feeling good. Then when you add something in, you know, immediately if that's a trigger for you. And so that's a really good way of like, just knowing what your body is responding to. It doesn't matter if it's your thyroid or your eczema or whatever. You can just tell, like, do you feel energized today? Do you feel tired? I mean, these are all different signs and symptoms of things that you can be experiencing. My boyfriend's actually, he has no health issues, but he still eats very similarly to me because he knows when he feels good. Is he mentally sharp? Is he energized for the whole day? He has his signs and symptoms too, where you just start, get a baseline of where you feel good. And when you falter from that baseline, you know, something that you did is not working for you. I wonder if you've ever come across like, cause like sometimes like I'm in like, I focus a lot on like health and fitness and there's a lot of messaging around demonizing food groups. And I know like, especially with 
acne and things like that, people are like, we'll just cut out dairy because it's dairy's the problem for acne or just cut out gluten because gluten's the problem for acne. And sometimes that can demonize food groups. And I wonder how you approach this with your clients to not demonize the food group, but just show them like, just try it and see if it changes. And if it doesn't change, we add it back in. But I wonder, especially when you talked about um, having disordered eating and things like that, that demonizing food groups actually isn't productive sometimes. And like for me personally, like I, dairy and gluten are like my safe foods. And so when I have that, like for me personally, when I healed my relation, my um, eczema, it wasn't taking stuff away. It was putting more things in, like putting more, vegetables putting more things to heal my gut and then that helped with my eczema so I wonder like how you approach this with clients and move away from demonizing and just like you said a science experiment Mm. I was laughing while you're talking because there is one food that I have to demonize (laughs) um I just I've been doing so much research like I've I always go through these cycles of research. And as of right now, I've been listening to a lot of doctors and stuff and there is just something wrong with wheat. I mean, honestly, like there's just something wrong with wheat. (laughs) It's like um, some doctors I've been listening to lately have just said like, there's so many studies that it's, it's funny because I'm going to start with demonizing wheat and work my way to you understanding that not everybody actually has to demonize wheat. The issue is with wheat, there's gluten in it, but also there's just other aspects of wheat itself where when you consume it, it causes leaky gut and it actually causes leaky gut in everybody. It triggers something called zonulin, which um, this, I'm not going to get too scientific here, but it causes leaky gut, right? And so the difference between me right now where I can have a piece of like sourdough bread and somebody with severe eczema where they have wheat and they're creating this like whole big flare up is that my body's healthy enough to keep repairing my gut every time I have wheat. And so if there is one food that I do have to demonize a little bit, it is, it is wheat, but going from a perspective of like, Hey, actually there are people who have been able to fully heal their eczema and not focus on diet at all. And it's just coming from a perspective of what is your root cause actually? Is it that you have stress or is it that it is the diet that's bothering you? And every single person's body is completely different. And I think it's like all I, all my intentions are when I coach people is for them to have awareness. I just want to teach people how to listen to their body, right? I mean, you don't have to do the same thing I did at all. I mean, I think every single client student I've had inside of Empowered Eczema has had a different approach because every single person is completely different. I mean, I could even say like, for me, I can eat dairy perfectly fine. For me, I can metabolize lactose and it's not an issue. And funny enough, I actually need dairy in my diet to up my estrogen. And this is just getting something like super like nutrition nerd over here. But like for me, my body is actually pretty low estrogen. And so for me, I actually need dairy in my diet to function at my optimal level. And I think 
the way that we go about learning about the foods is, hey, we're going to go on an elimination diet now. It may not, you know, this may not even be the thing that, like, let's say, for example, someone goes down one of the protocols where they're like, oh, I think I have candida. And they go on the candida diet and they're like, oh, I still have eczema. I'm like, okay, that's actually a great sign. Let's take candida off the table and push you on to dealing with stress because it's really likely if diet has nothing to do with it, that it's so focused on stress. And so I think it's hard not to demonize food. I mean, I think, I think people who know you can heal naturally from their diseases and disorders, like, I think they just all have that fear and that demonization of food. But I think the longer you're on your own journey, you realize how mental things are. Like I talk to other coaches all the time and they're like, I've gotten to a place where people keep asking me about food, but it's so much more about like your spirituality or your like your emotional health. And it's like, yeah, I think starting from a place of an elimination diet's great, but allowing yourself to just keep growing and release that fear because that fear is also part of this whole like emotional stress that you go through. So long answer is a lot of people demonize the food. It's hard not to, but I think the longer you're in your journey and the more open you are to healing naturally, I think you just realize how little it has to do with food and how like much it has to do with so many other factors. Yeah. And I think you are a perfect example, you know, like while you might, you know, you said it really well that, you know, you weren't okay with gluten at one or wheat at one point, but then now you can have the freedom to introduce that. And I think the problem lies where people, you know, label a food and then never are open to it again. And so it's really great to hear someone who, you know, maybe doesn't like right now, I definitely demonize tomatoes. They make me go bright red like a tomato but I know down the line when everything heals like I'll be open to it again I think the problem is when when you get into that area of like oh it's bad it can never have it again but I think that's a good um segue to our dish number four that you're taking to the island yeah so dish number four is pretty similar to dish number three but this was another food that I had the freedom to eat out and it's pho. Some people pronounce it pho, but it's a Vietnamese soup. And um, it's it has bone broth as a base. It's super similar to my gut healing super soup, but instead it actually focuses on like, a lot of times pho is related to meat. And so a lot of times you'll have it with beef, uh, beef tendon, um, tripe, and actually tendon is a really, really healing food. It's actually packed full of collagen. And so for me, when I had severe eczema, you know, even, even a few years ago, I drove cross country. I moved out to uh, California and I was still dealing with eczema in some capacity. And so when you're driving cross country, it's, or when you're traveling in general, it's actually really scary when you have food restrictions because you're like, Ooh, what if I'm in a city that doesn't have like health food or whatever? And while I did pack a lot of food, we were able to go to Vietnamese restaurants. And I was like, oh, yay, I'm at home now. Like, ooh, comfort food. Like, I can just get myself a bowl of pho. And, you know, it's, 
even if you go to a junky Vietnamese restaurant, there is still a base of bone broth and it almost balances itself out. And so I always felt safe while traveling, being able to get pho. And it's also just like, it's so delicious and it's such a healing food. And like, it's funny too, because I think a lot of people with eczema and who have gone through like health issues, they always turn to vegan to try to heal. And while that's absolutely an option and some people find the best results possible, personally, I found that I went vegan and my eczema was not very happy. And so I ended up having to include meat right back into my diet. And so for me, I'm so fond of pho for the beef and the tendon and the tripe. And like, um, I think a lot of people, especially in this modern day, there has been a demonization of meat products. And I think that's such a huge trend right now. And I actually have a book suggestion for anybody listening. There's a book called The Pagan Diet, and it's by Dr. Mark Hyman. And he spends a lot of time in this book speaking about regenerative farming. And it's basically like this alternative way of farming um, that's nothing like factory farming, where the meat that's being produced there not only contributes positively to the environment, but it is actually really healthy for your body. So it's, it's funny because this whole like health world has definitely been like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't eat beef. Don't eat beef. And it's funny because in my journey, I'm like, well, actually beef makes me feel great. It just has to be the high quality version of that sort of meat. And then you're getting omega-3 and you're getting iron and you're getting all of these really beneficial things. But I think it's just like all of these studies that show that beef is so bad for your heart and bad for you in general was actually using poor quality beef as the like science control, like what they used in the experiments. And so it's interesting to see now that there's emerging studies where they're using high quality beef and showing the positive effects of it yeah and I definitely think like we can all tie it back like we've we've been doing this through the whole podcast as well that everybody is individual and everybody has something that they have like some people doesn't matter whether it's high quality they they react badly to beef and like sometimes going vegan is also the moral thing like I think it's like really important to remember that everybody is so different and like that's what's so important especially like every eczema is so different every um every journey is so different and that's like definitely tying back keep tying back to that because it is really important and I love that you have like um that it is super social like it's the thing that you have to eat out like grace has like sushi like she can go to a sushi sushi restaurant and have that me it's like pizza like for like everyone has something different that they feel like that's the food that they can eat and they can eat it socially because sometimes with food restrictions you really do feel isolated and you feel like you can't eat with your friends and you feel like there'll never be a moment that you can eat with your friends and I think having those specific foods that you can eat and you can have it socially is really important as well because that's tying into your mental health too. Absolutely. Also, your eczema is absolutely fascinating me. Um, The reason why I know so much about eczema is because I have this like burning curiosity. And so anytime someone DMs me and they're like, 
oh no, 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 no. Like that did not work for me. I'm like, tell me why I have to know because, because it helps me help other people so well. Like when I hear about people's experience and it's different, I think that's what like sets apart a good coach from somebody who like, I don't know, who's not necessarily the best for a a broad range of people is like, you really have to be open to the fact that people's bodies are going to be different. And you have to not think that what worked for you is going to work for everybody. We can move on to the final dish that you're going to take to the island. I don't think this dish is going to do very well on the plane. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is a banana nice cream and it's nice cream because it's not ice cream. And it's basically, it's, it's not basically, it's literally frozen bananas blended together. And this was another one of those foods when I was dealing with severe eczema, I was able to eat bananas and I froze them and I blended them together with like a little bit of flax oil, a little bit of like plant-based milk. I added carob powder to it. And it was like the best thing I ever ate because I was so limited in the desserts that I could eat. And like, for me, my body just loved it. And I'm laughing because, you know, you can't take ice cream on the plane without it melting. Ha ha ha. Uh, <laughs> Might be difficult on an island. <laughs> Might be a little difficult unless the island has uh, bananas. Um, <laughs> but for me, this was like, it was such a vers- versatile thing. And I was able to eat it for such a long time without any problems whatsoever. And it was like, I would eat it every single night. Like I have a little ninja blender and I would put my frozen bananas in there. And then I started making it for other people. And I actually have a really hilarious story where I was living up in Philadelphia for school and, uh, for the UK listeners, it's like a, it's in Pennsylvania, which is a Northern state, uh, on the East coast. And I was going to school and I, I was like, so into my smoothie bowls. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this is the best thing ever. I actually ended up talking to a cafe owner and like, they had just opened this cafe and I like helped them do their website. And I was like, you know, it would be a fun idea. How about we have an event called smoothie bowl Sunday, where I bring my ninja blender and we advertise and people come and buy smoothie bowls. Yeah. So that was an adventure, um, trying to set up an event and like having to go to a restaurant, um, like a wholesale restaurant place and buy like wholesale fruit to make these little smoothie bowls. It was, it was honestly like one of the most fun days of my life. Like I was behind there, like I I got my friends behind the counter and they're like, okay, this person ordered this, this person ordered this. And we had to like quickly make all their smoothie bowls and stuff. And it was hilarious, but it was like, that was just my jam back then. <laughs> so nice to see how you kind of married kind of food, food that's good for you and food for your soul together. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's all of the dishes except the chicken and waffles that I mentioned. <laughs> I love that. I, I was anaphylactic to bananas, like my whole teenage life. And then I had a food challenge three years ago and I can now eat bananas. And I realize now how amazing banana ice cream was. Like that was one of the first things I ever made. And like, yeah, I just, I really do love it. Like it's so, it's so good and it's so refreshing. And yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that you put that on there. Cause it's really, it's just a nice, it's either a nice snack or it's just a nice smoothie. Like 
<laughs> it is. Right. It is. And it's so funny because like, I think once you start eating it for about a month, it stops tasting like bananas and you're like, this is ice cream. This yeah. is like legitimately ice cream. <laughs> yeah. When I was in my like crux of my fitness lifestyle, I put protein powder in it as well to like make it like protein ice cream and like but then I also put like so much honey and maple syrup on top of it so like it wasn't like health and fitness but um yeah it's a definite people pleaser as well yeah I do I do the same I think what's also underrated is just I just like to cut up bananas and have them in my freezer just as like little bites because I get sweet tooth throughout the day so I just I think especially when I was going through the super strict not strict but regimented part of the like um eczema protocol I would have like three bananas a day I think which is probably overdoing it but it was just my what I needed to like help get me through (laughs) yeah yeah I I have something interesting to share so I don't know if you guys have this in the UK but in America we have something called like a chocolate shell and it's where you like pour like like liquid chocolate all over your ice cream and it freezes and you can kind of like crackle it apart okay so I figured out how to make this but like eczema friendly so you can take for me I've made it two different ways so I've actually cut out chocolate recently because I don't do that well with caffeine another story but back in the day I would take chocolate chips melt them down mix them with coconut oil and then pour them all over my like banana ice cream and it easily created the chocolate shell nowadays I've switched my chocolate to carob and I buy carob chips and I melt those down with olive oil because for me, I'm like, I'm always experimenting with food. So like, I'm trying to like, oh, what does my body feel like without coconut oil and as much saturated fat? So I've been switching to olive oil. So the olive oil and the carob chips mixed together, melted, pour all over my ice cream. And it's been like delicious. So that's like, that's a little tip if you're missing like a chocolate shell on your ice cream. I love that. I've never heard of carob, like as in like chips. So I think that's really cool. Look into it. Yeah. So why don't we move on past the food? And I, we are going to take, we are going to give you an ingredient that you can take to the island. And what is that ingredient that you're going to take? So I'm thinking that I would have to take coconuts because they are like one of the most versatile things ever, right? You can have coconut milk, coconut cream. You can make uh, the coconut water is like full of electrolytes and it's just delicious. And then like you can make make it coconut flakes and you can make like these little um, like protein balls or whatever with the coconut flakes and all of that. And yeah, coconut has just been like one of those things that I've ate in so many different ways over the years. I think I would take coconut to the island, but I'm also realizing that an island probably already has coconut. So, <laughs> well, it's an island that's in your, that you can imagine. So if you need to bring coconuts, you need to bring coconuts. I need to bring coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what utensil will you bring? like a kitchen equipment obviously it would be the ninja blender so that i could have a smoothie bowl sunday on the island (laughs) yeah i think you have to your dishes dishes set us up for that one (laughs) exactly no um all jokes aside the this like it's like a food processor slash blender and like that thing is like my baby it 
I had to use it so much during my eczema healing journey that it's like almost a comfort item to me now. And there's like different attachments to it. Like you have the big one, then you have the little one. And I just had to use it. Like I used it till it died back then. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I can pretty much make anything with that. Like uh, a few years ago, I actually created my own recipe for a sweet potato pie and I used that food processor to create the pie. And so it's just like my ultimate versatile tool. So I can't live without that. Amazing. And then we also give you a cookbook to read and on the island, what cookbook will you take? So the cookbook I'm taking is The Pagan Diet. This is the book that I mentioned earlier by Dr. Mark Hyman. In the very back of the book, he has all of these like paleo slash vegan recipes. And I feel so aligned with everything he's saying because I feel as though we're almost going through a shift with the way people are looking at nutrition and health. I think before, like in the 90s, wasn't it like the the South Beach diet? At least that was like a crazy thing in America, like the South Beach diet or like the Atkins diet. Mm. And it was like always diet trend after diet trend. And now I actually think we're shifting into this new world where people can openly talk about how balanced you need to be to heal. And that book does such a good job at just talking about the holistic journey of healing. And it's centered around food, obviously. Um, but I just, I love the book. And I think the recipes in the back um, are such a good like basis if you just need like some healthy food that makes you feel good. And I'm even going to give this book to my mom when I'm done reading it, because, you know, I think through my whole journey, my mom has changed and developed so much. And it's just so nice to see, like, I get to bring people along this journey with me, even though my journey was centered around eczema. My mom has no eczema, but she just clearly sees how much she feels better when she eats the right foods. Yeah. I have so many still, I have so many questions I still want to ask you, but obviously like we're running out of time. So um, the last thing that we're going to go see, and I don't know if you've heard this podcast, but um, we kind of throw a little curveball in there at the end. And unfortunately you're on the island, you brought all of your dishes with you and you're so excited to eat all of the food, but there was a wave that washed away four of the dishes and what dish would you want to have saved oh geez (laughs) (laughs) okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna bring the curveball back and i'm gonna save my gut healing super soup because i feel like it has enough ingredients in it that i won't get bored (laughs) that's true I can do without the chicken and waffles, right? That doesn't make me feel that good. You know, the banana and ice cream, that's just bananas. But my gut healing super soup, you can't pry that away from me. <laughs> and you can throw, I don't know, whatever plants and fish and anything that you can gather on the island into it. So exactly. interesting. Um, but it's been so amazing to have you on the podcast, same as Lindy, I have so many more things I want to talk about. So maybe we'll have to have you back for round two at some point. But, yeah, maybe, um, maybe a Q&A is yeah. in our future. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds fun. Um, but I guess if people want to find you or look into um, maybe DM you about 
um, your eczema um, coaching and also maybe your website, plug yourself so that our listeners can find you and DM you and tell you all about their eczema as well. Um, I would say the number one place where you should start if you've never like dove into the whole eczema healing thing naturally is start with my YouTube channel and you can find me by typing in Michelle Mills eczema and a lot of my videos and playlists should pop up. And so that's going to answer so many of your questions. If you still have questions, you can definitely DM me on Instagram. Um, It's just coach Michelle Mills. Um, it says like the eczema expert. So if you're looking for me, you can find me easily. And then my website, you can actually type in either empoweredeczema.com or coachmichellemills.com and it goes to the same place. So, yeah. And I will put all of that, um, all of those links and everything in the description so that you guys can just click away and find her very easily. Well, Michelle, this has been amazing. Generally, I have like a page worth of questions I want to share with you but the way that you talked about food and your journey with food and it's such a massive journey even in just a few years you know and so it's really it's really insightful and yeah I'm just super fascinated with it so I'm I'm definitely going to go to YouTube and I'm definitely going to see what you're about so thank you so much for coming and um to share with us some of your food it's you know for me food is very personal so I love that you shared your journey and your journey with food oh absolutely I think I think the funniest part and if your your listeners make it to this part is I was the pickiest eater on the face of the planet all I would eat was like gluten and dairy like mac and cheese and chicken nuggets. Like I was the worst eater. So I have come very, very far in my food journey. And you know what? It was actually so fun talking to you guys. And I feel like it just like has me thinking about so many things. Like I want to go like do a bunch of research now and just like start diving into stuff again. And uh, we definitely need to link up so you can tell me your eczema journey. And um, thanks for having me. And thanks for challenging me with the whole island thing. And um, it's been so nice talking to you guys. It's been amazing. And as a personal note, Michelle, you have really, um, impacted my life over the past year of knowing you. So it's really special to have you on the show, not show podcast and <laughs> we're a TV show now through zoom. Um, no, it's been really amazing to have you on the podcast. Um, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one. See you in the next one. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe and review and tell us what you thought on Instagram at deserted underscore podcast. And we will see you next time on our deserted island.